API Resilience Podcast. It's our belief that APIs are central in the changing business landscape that has been named digital transformation, and that digital transformation through APIs offers the opportunity for a dramatic shift in how companies can work together and participate in creating value. We've invited guests from many different types of organizations and asked them to share insights from their journeys and their API programs, as well as the challenges, objectives, and approaches as they endeavor to make their companies and communities more resilient. Hello, and welcome to the API Resilience Podcast. I'm Mark Winberry, co-hosting this podcast for the last time with Christoph Ventoma. So we don't have a guest today other than uh, me, I guess. And uh, we're going to reflect on the things that we've learned over all of the interviews that we've had and the discussions that we've had. As for me, 2020 was um, quite the year for me personally. COVID was, you know, made it bad for everyone, but uh, it was a difficult year. And uh, I need to move on and uh, do some different things. And it's been a joy working with Christoph, and I've loved doing this podcast. And I will miss it, but I'll still be listening. So be careful what you say about me, Christoph. <laughs> I won't say anything bad about you, of course. <laughs> Why would I? No, no, no. I'll be missing having you as my co host. I think sometimes it helps to keep some balance. To like not just to go all the way deep, too deep into the the philosophy bunny hole. So it's going to be interesting to to do this balancing exercise in the next couple of episodes uh, that I'm planning to do on my own. So we have to see how that works. <laughs> so I'd love to hear what you think, what I'm brewing of it. <laughs> I, I think that from my perspective, I think we were very successful. In the past, uh, I was looking at our first uh, episode dropped in uh, June of 2020. And I think during the darkest times of COVID, we were talking to plenty of people who had great stories to tell. And I think that essentially the title of the show was a hypothesis. We didn't call it that, but it was a hypothesis. And we tested that hypothesis through these interviews. And I think it was, I think it was proven true. And so, um, yeah, I, I think there's still a lot to, to talk about, but, um, the philosophy is also interesting. So don't fight yourself too much. I'm always wondering it, it is, well, it's the nature of the beast. Um, or no, that this is translation from a Dutch saying, het aard van het beestje, which sounds a lot better than the beast. It's like the little beast or, or like kind of say, like... We would say it in English, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so... Um, it, it, it's, it's not bad. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, it's, so I, I'm naturally drawn to it um, because well, I'm always looking for patterns. And um, trying to find patterns between uh, what we're doing in the API world and the natural world um, is incredibly fascinating because I think we're in an unprecedented time where things just keep going faster and faster, and we are we are reshaping what it means to be human. And thinking deeply about that in the first place can give you an advantage as an organization or as an individual. 
but it can also hopefully help steer us away from some of the worst outcomes uh, that we, we might end up uh, into. Practically, I think humanity is, is becoming a super organism and we are even more than we have been before. We are integrating individuals into a larger whole. And um, you can do that in a lot of really bad ways, but it could also be done in a lot of really good ways. And my hope is that um, we as, as a, an ecosystem and as a community and then as a company can be a part of steering us towards a, a world where we can be even more human um, while also be more uh, a single whole that is collaborating as humanity. That's my wish and this is why I'm super fascinated by this, this industry and what we're doing. But of course, like a lot of the people we work with are very much centered in, in industry and in business. And then, yeah, you need to be a little bit careful that it doesn't become too much woo-woo because then you might, you might be overshooting what you're trying to achieve. Just in the same way that Pernovix uh, found our niche in developer portals, I think there's definitely a niche that you speak to uh, with the philosophical viewpoint. And for people who... Um, might just be hearing this episode. Christoph is a biologist uh, by training and uh, and schooling. He's also deeply philosophical and um, very interested in uh, big thoughts, and he connects them all together beautifully. It, it's it's really been fun. Have a beer with him if you haven't. Do you know the Peanuts cartoon from the U.S.? Mm-mm. The U.S. audience will get this, but there's a character. Uh, it, it's a it's a it's a comic strip about kids, and um, there's kind of a, a a smart girl. Sometimes she can be annoying, and I'm not saying that about you. Her name is Lucy, and um, she often uh, sets up a, instead of a Kool Aid stand, it's it's like a uh, a counseling stand where uh, you come and you know pay her to hear your problems and get get answers so uh you, you could open your uh, a pub there in uh, in, in ghent the, the api philosophy pub or something yeah. i'm not sure if we get a lot of visitors <laughs> that's the it would be like this hyper select audience yeah. like uh... <laughs> I, i'm telling you and it, it's the niche you, you mm-hmm. nailed it so uh yeah uh, between uh, your beers are so good there that I don't think you'd have any problems uh, getting people in there. Just start with shots. <laughs> Just <laughs> get people talking. It's like keeping yourself honest because there's the, um, I can see that the everything is connected to everything deep end where just things become meaningless because it's it's just, I think that, there's that thin edge of balance between everything is disconnected and everything is connected and and life is on that thin edge and like and 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 really good ideas are on that thin edge because if if you connect too much then you end up with just word soup and that might get people fire like might get people's brains firing all over the place but there's nothing useful coming out of it it's almost like poetry i would say like it's um, it's a creative act uh, of of trying to find new connections while you're talking with people, and I think that's those are the best episodes actually. Uh, when 
we've we've been talking with some of our guests and then new ideas come out and we step away from the conversation on both ends having learned something or sometimes maybe even discovered something in our own heads that we didn't know was there before and i think those were those are those magical moments that i i really enjoy having and i think that's this is what this podcast is about i'm i'm thinking through the variety of guests that we've had and um we have people who are building their first api program to people who are api industry luminaries and um it's been fascinating to talk to such a broad spectrum of people and also the number of verticals and you know we talked to government and when we talked to uh, mark uh, boyd uh, at uh, platformable uh, the work he's doing with uh, you know the financial industry and the regulatory requirements that they have and the apis that they produced um, it's just been really fascinating to see so many different viewpoints and uh, so many people from so many places. I think for me, the conversations that stuck the most, a, n a number of uh, people made very emphatic statements or assertions. And some of those were, uh, they, they resonated with me. Some of them kind of shocked me. Those were the ones that um, really connected with me whenever I was kind of knocked off balance by the assertion and, uh, and, and made to think in a different way. The stories that we heard, though, were also very instructive as people described their individual experiences. And um, I know that we often looked for a few things, just thinking about some of the things that uh, started emerging as themes, is that you know, a good API program will surprise you. That's definitely a takeaway for me, is that um, you, you should definitely have a plan of what you're trying to achieve and some goals you're trying to achieve, but prepare to be surprised. Like, for example, when Mehdi Mejawin said that, how did he say it? People don't look for APIs. They look for capabilities that solve the problem who hopefully are delivered by APIs. But if they are delivered by magic, they will take it. Developers don't look for APIs. They look for capabilities. That was like, boom. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. He, he dropped a lot of serious things. And another thing that Mehdi said was uh, something about uh, technology is not politically agnostic. I tell people whenever I describe software development, especially to business people who are non-developers, whenever software developers are sitting down, it's not the magic incantation that you imagine them typing that's important. It's not the foreign language that they know that you don't know. It's their ability to uh, translate business problems and codify them in code. And in the same way that you can identify someone's philosophy and their writing, in their writing, uh, it's hard for them to keep their bias out. That really resonated with me uh, whenever Mehdi said that because 
things are very everything is political in the u.s right now things that shouldn't be political are political and when he said that i was like wow you know that's um i think he's right and in the same way you can identify you know people's uh writings using markov chains and and things like that the paradigm of the language the viewpoint of the company, the perspective of the developer, and all of those things tie together. And politics is definitely one of them. And to me, that was like, wow. And he, you know, he went on to talk about uh, personal data. And that's, uh, that may have been something he said during that segment when, when he talked about uh, the importance of um, GDPR and personal data. That was fascinating. We also had some people where we started having a conversation and then it turned out that we should have like follow-up conversations. We even had one conversation that we did twice. And then the second time it ran so long that it actually turned out into two episodes with Ken Lane. And yeah, we had a few other people where we had really good conversations that were like, okay, we have to come back and we have to do another episode. I agree. And, uh, I remember that, um, it was rare for us to be ready to stop talking whenever it was time to stop talking because uh, I, I know that we, we've experimented a little bit with length and uh, we'd love to hear from our listeners to know what you think the right length is. I think that we ran kind of long, but it was because we were having such good conversations and it's really hard to cut up a good conversation and still keep the flow. There are definitely so many conversations that deserve follow-up. So I hope you'll do some of those, Christoph. I think for, in terms of the length, so we, you know, we'll definitely do that. Um, in terms of the length, like I imagine this podcast a little bit like the radio show you put on in the background while you're doing your dishes or you're in the garden you know, so that it doesn't, it has some of your attention, but you don't have to really be listening, listening. There's going to be lots of information, but it's more like, kind of like music, that it's evocative, or at least this is what I hope that it is, that it's it's kind of like poetry that puts you in a different mindset, that helps you to think differently about the things that we're all doing, so that, you know, you might get new ideas and we might like, you know, find new ways of, of doing what we're doing. That, that, that's my hope for for this. And so rather than like a very condensed, target-oriented way of doing this, I, I like the long format because it gives this meandering thought pattern a possibility. Or at least that's what I hope that it is. So we'd love to hear if, if people agree, if that's, that's what you're getting out of this. Or if that is not coming through, then no, we also need to know. And then we have to, to get more condensed. You know, I'm thinking about some of the themes that we hit over and over, and I think it'd be nice to kind of summarize some of the either recurring themes or some of the things that we learned. I know that um, one of the things that we came back to several in, in almost every episode, as we were exploring with uh, our guests the scope of their APIs and how they're thinking about APIs, that was at the same time you were thinking about complex adaptive systems and you came to start seeing 
the Prenevix dev portal business as, you know, dev portal is actually a subset. It's actually the interface portal. And so we started talking about low code and no code uh, solutions and people's, um, I, I think that most of our guests were thinking about that. There were very few guests who said, uh, no, no, this is just rest APIs. Yeah. Nobody said that actually. I think I, I'm trying to think if anyone did, but it definitely resonated more with some than others, but it also depended on their space. And, um, yeah, so that was, that was super interesting. I think it was kind of like getting to the heart of the business value of what APIs or what, what it is that we're doing, because we we're talking always as APIs is the, the physical incarnation of what we're doing. But actually, it is just about creating building blocks for other people to build experiences, like accelerating the building of new experiences uh, with recombining with a range of different things, often even outside of the control of our organization. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, um, and that value also requires, it requires more than APIs because APIs are a very specific layer of abstraction um, that is only accessible to certain, like a, a very specific segment of the business developer population, as Katrine Hazel said it. Um, you know, I asked her to to repeat it on the podcast, but I heard her say it the first time on the presentation. Uh, business developers are developers too, and that was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's indeed something that we also address in the developer portal that we make sure that we have a developer audience, but we also make sure that we cater to a business audience as well. So we indeed explain kind of what are these integration methods. And that's something that uh, that, that we, we definitely saw is that uh, we talked to a lot of people following best practices, developing personas that include non-business personas for their dev portals and their API programs. Also, one of the statements was that your marketing uh, messaging has to match your APIs. And if your APIs do things one way and there's cognitive dissonance between what your APIs do and what the documentation says and what the marketing messaging is, um, that cognitive dissonance and the developers is going to be friction that can make you fail. That was uh, that was super interesting. Mm, we also had people talk about, uh, like Lorna Jane Mitchell, talk about like DevRel and the evolving role of developer advocacy. And and for me, that's what drives my open source history into today's developer advocacy and digital advocacy because actually our communities are everywhere and they now can be everywhere more so than ever. I, I, I think also we talked with her about the business value of, you know, making sure that that's kind of like the methodologies and, and how to change the organization to be better at this. I think we, we talked about like with API spec first methodologies we, we talked with Lorna Jane about that, but we also had several other people that were talking about starting this journey or doing this journey. Like mo very recently, we had Martin Rosendahl from Bold.com also to talk about that. I think Sophie Rutard from uh, Jule Hermes, who was also talking about API first and like her long journey with her company 
to become like a real API company. That's how we evolved and um, all this is, is really continuously growing and uh, becoming a very, very important um, aspect of our business. Uh, so we, we had a lot of these stories that helped us to explore that journey. I think that uh, thinking about that conversation with Lorna Jane and uh, those that you mentioned, uh, and also uh, the conversation we had with uh, uh, Gregory and Julia from TomTom Tom about um, the, the focus on developer experience and delivering a really good developer experience and how at TomTom, Tom, everyone in the various parts of uh, the product uh, team, there are so many people involved in watching the feedback on the developer portal and making that, taking that feedback into account. And the feedback that we got is we would appreciate a TomTom dedicated forum because it can help us to find all the information we need to integrate your APIs in one place. And, and there's not other questions which can uh, distract us, but it needs to be supported by TomTom specialists as well. I, I think one of the things that, uh, that I heard was the companies who focus on developer experience and making a very high quality experience are the ones who are uh, succeeding. And back to that surprise factor, is your API program surprising you? To me, it's kind of like, okay, you met your goals, you know, whatever your goals were, your success. Uh, and then leveling up is whenever people start surprising you. Mm -hmm. And that's where I know that I mentioned several times the idea that you're creating value for your company that doesn't exist within your company. It doesn't exist in the other company. It exists between the companies. And the value is the result of uh, some combination of things that neither of you plan for. There's always the things that you plan for. And uh, it's great when those work out, yes. but it's those new things, new products, new ideas that come out of API programs, particularly whenever you're so customer focused. But we, we, we talked on more than one occasion, I know, about uh, discovered affordances. And, you know, that was a really aha moment for me. I think, I think we also talked about that with Mike Amundsen. Yes, I think yes. he, he actually introduced me to, to the term affordance. The affordance exists between the object and the person. There's, affordances are not intrinsic in the object, right? So those affordances are what we bring. It's the relationship between. And I had a really hard time in the beginning just understanding it. Um, because, but he, I heard him use that word first in an API context. And then uh, I was thinking a lot about it. Uh, and then also, also on the podcast, we talked a little bit about that in, in terms of like, you know, how, how can you build something that other people can use to build these experiences? I think one of the, the, the episodes that also stood out for me was the one with Zdenek, Zdenek Namek, who's working on autonomous APIs. And uh, he would come to the philosophy bar. <laughs> you would. <laughs> um, you, you've got a customer. Well, also, he's doing really out there stuff. Yes, he like, is. When he cracks this nut, because I think it's a when of uh, autonomous APIs, it's going to be day and night for the industry. It's, well, I don't think it will replace all APIs, but I, I think for a really big chunk of traffic, 
that's going to be a game changer. It's probably going to accelerate API adoption like you know, a couple of magnitudes um, when that kind of technology starts working on a bigger yeah. scale. Uh, one of the things that surprised me that uh, I think we talked about with, with him was um, discovery is still a problem. And um, knowing what APIs are out there and available, um, I know there are a number of people who have tried to catalog APIs and the discovery of APIs is uh, something that everyone building an API program tends to think about is, you know, how are people going to know that we've got this and how are we going to get them to use it? The fact that, um, that that's still a problem is um, there's still hay to be made there. Today, API discovery is based on Google search. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless you already know the brand, right? If I'll tell you a domain you never heard of, like uh, the best insurance API, where do you go? Unless you work with them, right? Like, uh... I think um, as thinking back, we had also we had like the whole banking series mm-hmm. with Yori uh, Sensen and Matthias Büscher from Deutsche Bank coming on. Like they they kind of validated the idea of hackathons also, and it had been working for them. I've also heard this. I think Daimler, they're also been doing hackathons. SRG, SSR? SRG, SSR. So yeah. there's several several organizations that were doing hackathons. And it's sometimes it feels a little bit, or you might start work, like wondering, like, is this still useful? But if you're using it the right way, uh, it can have a big effect on your organization and, and on your API program. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting from the conversation with uh, Roberto at SRG, SSR the fact that being a public media organization, they helped drive their roadmap based on the kinds of things that would be discovered through that. So they were using it as a discovery tool, which is really cool. From our government, we have a mission. They say, hey, you as a public broadcaster, you need to open your data, like uh, archive, as, a, as an example. Public broadcasters, they have amount of archive data that brings so much value. And we need to open the, that kind of data. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Alexei Akimov from Adyen, he told a story about the Van Gogh, about the painting, like and what it meant for him. But what my son was doing, because it was an instruction, put your hand on, on a painting, so <laughs> literally touch the painting, and you can imagine the security guard coming through the home, like trying to stop <laughs> and trying to understand what's going on. <laughs> that was like a perspective changer, yes. how cultural context is so important, because a bunch of things that you don't even think about that you're you're assuming that everybody knows are actually not generally known facts or, or cultural practices. And that was an interesting one because I think that has a really big impact on how people are in- interpreting documentation and, and how they're interacting with technology we put out there. That's definitely in line with uh, what Mehdi was talking about and that I was trying to comment on You know, the political nature of APIs that culture aspect is just as important and it it comes through in the APIs. You know, it, one of the things that the, uh, the FinTech series that we did uh, made me wonder about is um, something that has become increasingly 
clear to me in the time that I've worked with Pernovix and gotten to, I mean, I've spent a lot of time working with uh, people in Europe and spent a lot of time in Europe. And it hadn't really occurred to me at an API level that, uh, that culture impacts APIs, but I think it does. And if you look at the, the various vertical slices of culture and society that exist, in some places, I would say, well, the U.S. is ahead in this area. And then in other places, Europe is clearly ahead in this area. And a lot of those are culture-driven. We're seeing this now in Japan, actually. We're working with Japanese customers, just getting a developer-friendly mindset from management is not straightforward. And these are often cultural things. It's, it's something that I've been trying to wrap my head around last last couple of months. That's interesting because I know that relationships are very important in business in the East. Yeah. And API programs are often, the U.S. may be the extreme where it's, let's cut out this, uh, you know, introducing ourselves and let's just go straight to work and put your credit card in and, you know, get your key and, you know, see you later. Right. Yeah. I can only imagine that it's, it's going to be different for companies based in the East. Yeah. And then, um, like we talked about the capabilities and we, we had uh, John Musser from Ford Motor Company who talked about the API driven capabilities. And, and how this is all changing the automotive industry. Uh, like software is eating your car, as he said it. I, I gave a talk last year in New York on um, software is eating your car. And, you know, because what's happening is every piece of the car is becoming software enabled. And all those ECUs, all those electronic control units are you know, proliferating within a car. Uh, you know, software enabled, software driven, and then you have the telematics unit on the car that connects the car to the cloud. Which is really, really interesting. That's also been very inspiring to hear that story. Uh, similarly, in, in the airline industry, when we were talking with uh, Ainoa and Flavio from uh, Lufthansa, um, although that, that was also a very philosophical episode where you, we went very much into purpose and, and thinking about APIs need to have a purpose. Uh, because if you don't have a purpose, then you can't really have a product. Or at least that's that's how I remember it. And say, okay, what is the purpose of APIs? Uh, what do you want to achieve? And when we begin to ask these questions, people get less in the technical theme and goes more for the where they want to go with this, what is behind, what they look for. And that makes totally a different vision of the API. And for us, it's more like what we were looking for. That was that was also good. I had actually, in the beginning, I mentioned this part about the transformative conversations. And that was actually something I remembered from a conversation we had with Claire Barrett. She, she introduced me to this concept of... of um, transformative conversations because i've been hearing consistently again and again and again for people's success with an api enabled change or an api program that communication is the one thing that they often either underestimated or that they needed to consistently do more and more mm. and I, I knew i knew the concepts but i i didn't know that it was like a thing um i think it was it's been a really good series of episodes. Well, there's a lot more to learn. 
there's a lot more conversations to be had. Like from what I've seen, actually, pretty much every organization is growing their digital engagement, and and digital has gotten this rocket booster. Um, I heard this scary story that the real wave of adaption is still coming. So that from mm-hmm. September. <laughs> people are actually going to start ordering digital services, which is kind of scary because <laughs> that means that there's even more more demands coming. Um, it's interesting. I, think, I definitely think it's true. When the old man said, may you live in interesting times, I had no idea that uh, that was a curse, but uh, it, it's definitely been a challenging year, but it's been inspiring to see companies adjust and adapt and people adjust and adapt and uh, do some pretty amazing things. And hopefully these conversations helped with that. I know we'd love to hear from people. If uh, you've been listening to the podcast, give us your feedback, tell us what you liked and let Christoph know what you would like to hear more of. I know that um, the Pronovic's one of the core philosophies is grow and help grow. And that was one of the reasons for doing this podcast. We want to uh, share with the world what we've learned and help other people give their sharing, uh, share their knowledge. So um, let us know what you think. Thank you for being my co-host, Mark. It was a pleasure, Christoph. I really, really enjoyed it. I was a little nervous about it at the beginning. And um, what a joy. It's really been a joy to do. One of the, my favorite things I did at, at Pronovix. So best wishes to you and the Pronovix team going forward. Thank you for letting me do this with you. It was awesome. And um, yeah, keep being awesome. Keep, keep doing great things. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. And thank you to our audience for sticking with us. And uh, with that, I think we'll call this episode a wrap.